0: This episode of Hitting Play is brought to you by the Save the Silverfish Foundation.
1: Have you ever walked into your bathroom, about to take a nice relaxing shower when all of a sudden in your bathtub is an inch long silverfish? Have you ever succumbed to the primal urge to squish the silverfish? Or have you even gone out to the store to purchase a poison bomb? to eradicate this particular silverfish and all of its silverfish friends? Well guess what? Silverfish can live for two to eight years. So, visit our website StopTheSilverfishHate.com for more information on how you can protect not only your home, but the silverfish.
0: Hello and welcome to Hitting Play, the podcast where we review, analyze, and discuss shows, movies, and other curiosities. I am Scott. And joining me is someone who finally escaped from her underground bunker called college, Lily. (laughs) Welcome back.
1: It's good to be back, for sure.
0: Well, great to have you. Well, this week, we watched Kimmy Goes Roller Skating, the premiere episode of the second season of the great Netflix original series Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt.
1: Yes, we definitely did. This is my favorite, like, Tina Fey production of all time.
0: I mean, well, it's it's hard for me to beat 30 Rock, but this is very close in my book. (laughs) It's definitely, we've talked about it before, because, you know, we, last year on the podcast, we reviewed the first episode of this series entitled Kimmy Goes Outside, and that's where Kimmy is first rescued from the years of captivity and decides to make a life for herself in New York, but... It's very, very similar in tone to 30 Rock, and we talked a lot about it in that episode, where it's just like, if you're a big fan of that show, you're going to love this one.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I actually watched Kimmy Schmidt before I had ever watched 30 Rock, so I guess maybe I'm biased that way. But yeah, very similar. Both amazing shows.
0: And of course, both written by Tina Fey. Yes. Yes. This episode that we watched for this episode of the podcast was written by Tina Fey. It was directed by Tristam Shapiro and was released on April 15th, 2016, along with the rest of the second season.
1: Yes, the highly anticipated, at least by me, uh, <laughs> second season.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. I will, you know, in, in 2014, NBC kind of passed on this show. They sold it to Netflix and it was given that two season order. So this is the second season of that order, and we're all kind of hoping, well, maybe there'll be more after that. And uh, yeah, this January, they announced that a third season was coming as well.
1: Keep them coming.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So obviously you did finish the first season since we last talked about this show.
1: Yes. I watched it in one sitting. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah, I was, I think I had a cold or something, so.
0: Well, that's perfect. Yes. (laughs) So what did you think of the first season as a whole?
1: Um, it got better and better because the show grew into itself and the jokes were more like strategically placed, like they flowed more naturally with the rest of the script instead of being like more staggered in the first pilot episode. That's like with every show. Mm-hmm. The shows warm up to themselves, but uh, it definitely fit into its category. It was awesome.
0: Yeah, it was great. And just culminating with that, that trial of her captor, and we finally see who it was. It was John Hamm.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: playing, a, what, the Reverend Reverend Richard Wayne, Gary Wayne, something like that?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Reverend Richard Wayne. Oh, my God, I can't even say
0: it. A <laughs> bunch of names.
1: It's too many letters.
0: <laughs> and Te- Tina Fey playing a Marsha Clark-like attorney in that trial, which was great to see. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> And so yeah, just a uh, yeah, great ending to that to that first season. In fact, I think John Hamm even got a an Emmy nomination for a guest star in a comedy.
1: He definitely deserves it. It's a hilarious role.
0: <laughs> and, and the show was just completely lauded by critics, a, a ton of positive reviews. Season 1 went on to be nominated for 7 primetime Emmys including outstanding comedy series. Deservedly definitely.
1: so. Well deserved, yeah. I believe by the end of season 1, uh, Jane Krakowski's character, Jacqueline Voorhees, <laughs> is divorced by mm-hmm. her husband and goes back to her Native American roots, leaving New York City.
0: Yes. Yeah, she's a, a, a member of the Lakota tribe, which are primarily based in the Great Plains, North, North and South Dakota, primarily. So she's she's there when we last left off. And of course, uh, Kimmy kind of had some love interests along the way. But the show really kind of steers you towards you rooting for her and uh, her classmate from the GED class, Dong, getting together. Yes. But he, unfortunately, had to get involved in a sham marriage so that he could stay in the country. And that kind of ended things between the two.
1: Unfortunately, yes. <laughs>
0: or so we think. <laughs> All right, so let's get right into this episode. Uh, This is kind of strange. We begin with a cold open taking place at Christmas as Kimmy puts a doll head on top of the Christmas tree. Walking over to the fireplace, uh, she shows off uh, some of the Christmas stockings that she made out of white gym socks. And there's uh, one for Lillian, one for Titus, one for Kimmy, one for Mimi, and one for Murasaki. (laughs) Uh,
1: Which appears to be another personality of Titus. Um, and if you'll notice that fireplace is entirely cardboard. <laughs> there's even a tissue paper fire in it.
0: Oh, that's great. I didn't notice
1: that. <laughs> yeah, it's really cute.
0: <laughs> so right away, there's two names we had never heard before. And uh, once she mentions Mimi, we cut over to the couch to reveal this this character Mimi, played by the, the very funny Amy Sedaris. And uh, she's someone that's kind of sleeping on the couch, or she's half out of it. And uh, w- when Kimmy mentions Murasaki in Japanese, uh, Titus coldly tells Kimi that Murasaki doesn't do Christmas. <laughs>
1: yeah, At this point, I was like, did I miss something? Do I not remember all of the show? I actually went back and watched the final episode of <laughs> season one to see if I had missed anything.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on here, and we're supposed to be confused. Uh, it just, and Kimmy's really getting into the festive spirit of things. She begins to tell L- Titus and Lillian how there's so much to celebrate, including giving that final later gator to the problems of yesteryear. But before she can complete this sentence, she belches.
1: <laughs> Yester erp,
0: Yes. Yeah. And, and Lillian's like, you, know, you should see a doctor. It smells like a mouse died in the walls of your body. <laughs>
1: Lillian has the best lines and I'm not just saying that because we have the same name sure sure
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes Carol Kane very funny just a very kooky character here so just then Santa Claus walks in through the door and uh, Titus is very genuinely happy to see Santa walks up and gives him a kiss on the cheek Uh, behind him walks in Jacqueline Voorhees as we mentioned played by Jane Krakowski who blurts out to them that the Jews took her painting? <laughs> Whatever any of this is supposed to mean. Yeah. Now Lillian has a drink in her hand and she's like, now it's a party.
1: <laughs> yes, as uh, Sonia proceeds to crash through the window. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Threatening to kill somebody. Yeah. And just, yeah, kind of, I don't know if she's drunk or what, but she just plops.
1: Yeah. (laughs) A flop through the window.
0: And right as this happens, uh, we go back to the Mimi character who kind of wakes up and just screams her lungs out. So it's a very confusing sight, and purposely so, because we next cut to black and we get the words, three months earlier. Along with the uh, voice of Walter Bankston, played by Mike Britt, saying, three months earlier on this mess. (laughs) 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 We next begin... With Kimmy and Dong, they're having sliders, the little hamburgers at a restaurant, and Kimmy tells him that she brought him there because she loves the fact that small hamburgers make her feel like a giant.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. and gives, uh, animates the tiny slider, (laughs) (laughs) gives it a voice. Okay, so this brings me to ask one of my infamous, well, I don't know if they're infamous or famous questions.
0: Oh, so early.
1: Yeah, I know. I saw it and was like... I have to. It spurs the question. Sure, sure. Uh, what is the funnest food to eat, in your opinion?
0: Oh man, well, bugles are always way up there.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll
0: go with bugles.
1: Mine are similar. Uh, black olives, because you can put them on the ends of your fingers. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Less menacing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe a little healthier.
1: <laughs> ah. Well, well, we all die someday, so.
0: <laughs> so we're getting this scene at this restaurant and, and Dong tells her out, you know how it's so fun, he's so happy he ran away from his green card marriage so he could go on these dates with her. And then he exclaims, "I'm a vegan." And, and <laughs> Kimmy now with a mouthful of tiny hamburger looks up and is like, "Wodge you, sir?" <laughs> and we see that Kimmy was actually daydreaming and her her date is really somebody else. In fact, it's a guy that she met running at an Animal Rights 5K. Because
1: <laughs> so that animals can marry each other.
0: Yes, that's what Kimmy thought it was all about. <laughs> and invited this uh, this guy who was a vegan to a Slider's restaurant. <laughs> so Kimmy just smiles back at the guy. She's like, well, I think the state is going. And we smash cut to Kimmy saying, hated it. As she sits on the stoop of her apartment with Lillian. <laughs>
1: Uh, the scenes like this really make me cherish Kimmy's character and how innocent she is mm-hmm. and just her, the sense of humor that Ellie Kemper brings to the entire show.
0: It really conveys that uh, 14-year-old intellect <laughs> that comes through yeah. sometimes. <laughs> it's very funny. So she's talking to Lillian here. And, uh, you know, Lillian is trying to cheer her up, telling her she knows what it's like, and she reminisces now about summer camp on Roosevelt Island with Bobby. (laughs) Little Bobby Durst. (laughs) She explains, yeah, that was her first crush, meaning he literally tried to crush her.
1: So, uh, I looked up Robert Durst. I was going
0: to ask if you knew who this was.
1: (laughs) Uh... This was the first time I ever uh, heard of him, Uh but Wikipedia (laughs) informed me that he murdered his wife. Allegedly. 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 Yeah, who disappeared in New York in uh, 1982.
0: Yes. Yeah, in fact, uh, he gained a lot of notoriety within the last year uh, because of the HBO documentary series The Jinx, pretty uh, widely talked about on social media, because right after it aired, uh, he was uh, charged uh, at least in that murder, I believe. but uh, anyway.
1: yeah <laughs>
0: it's, it's not something <laughs> funny. but uh, what what was weird about that documentary series is just uh, Robert Durst's mannerisms. just a guilty or not, just a very strange personality, uh, very quirky. I mean, if you notice he has very dark eyes, which we'll, we'll see later, you know there there is somebody playing Robert Durst in this show. <laughs> um, he belches quite a bit on the show. So it's just very, very weird. And so of course, yeah, it figures this is who Lillian has as her first crush.
1: <laughs> Makes <laughs> so, sense.
0: Yeah, it's, it's fitting in this case, I guess. <laughs> so Lillian's, you know, trying to cheer up Kimmy. She's telling her, yeah, you want to have the career and the husband right now, but you should have a little fun for at least five minutes. So that she suggests that they go out. And she tells Kimmy she makes a really good wingman because men find her approachable due to her large eyes and hair like beautiful spaghetti.
1: I love those lines. <laughs> I love them.
0: <laughs> it, this show, I mean, like we've talked about in the previous episode, it is so joke dense.
1: Oh my god, yeah. I've watched this episode three times now, and every time I watch it, I get something that I didn't previously.
0: Yeah, it's it's just, it's impossible to pick up all of it in one sitting, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> so, she she tells Kimmy that what they'll do is uh, they'll go to this place, Lillian will get a guy on the hook for Kimmy, she'll slip them a disco biscuit, whatever that is, and pull a switcheroo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then Kimmy's facial expression is priceless. <laughs> 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 One very much akin to what I would make in the situation.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, any normal person. <laughs> So, Titus, at this point, storms down the sidewalk past them, saying something to Kimmy about getting a divorce. And so, Kimmy leaves to join him, and as she does, Lillian asks two questions. Do you like Spanish guys, and can you roller skate? <laughs> so, she runs over to catch up with Titus and, and yells back, yes, but only front ways and probably. And then she corrects herself, oh, wait, I said that backwards. <laughs> <laughs> And so, from here, we cut to the opening sequence featuring, you know, scenes of Kimmy's rescue and these old family photos and the auto-tuned theme song made by the yes. Gregory Brothers featuring the uh, character Walter Bankston's eyewitness account. <laughs> Very catchy theme song.
1: Absolutely.
0: And so, from here, we cut to Jacqueline. She's standing proudly in a large open field. This is kind of like where we last left her from season one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh... <laughs> she's just kind of standing out there there's nothing around and this girl rides by on a bike and points her to the direction of her house calling her a dummy
1: (laughs) oh my god (laughs) i all the characters are so likable even though they definitely have their quirks Mm -hmm. i don't know whether to call her Jacqueline or jackie lynn like her parents do right right Uh, but even though she's Just being clueless is an aspect of her character in pretty much every situation, unless she's, like, being chauffeured around New York City.
0: Yep. (laughs) uh, Oh, and so at at the end of this scene, uh, she thanks the girl. She says that she's actually been standing there for hours. And as she marches away, she warns the girl to steer clear of the area of the field that she pooped in. So, so we next cut back to New York, where Titus and Kimmy are at the office of a divorce attorney, and they're sitting at the opposite end of a table from Titus's ex-wife, Vonda Wilkerson, played by Pernell Walker. And so we learn here that uh, there was a marriage license presented to Titus; he was actually married to her in 1998, uh, to which he replies, "Barely." And uh, we cut to a flashback of the two of them at the altar. <laughs> Titus has a very 90s hairstyle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he just has sweat pouring down his face. And uh, he answers his vows with, Okay. <laughs> and so, cutting back, we, we find out that Titus had a- abandoned Vonda that very same day. Actually, before they even had their first dance.
1: That apparently they choreographed together.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they they seem to have worked hard on it, but never, <laughs> never got to perform. So... <laughs> Vonda points out that now Titus is taking advantage of another goofy girl, dressed like she's on (laughs) Scooby-Doo.
1: Kimmy is not at all offended by this. (laughs) No,
0: no, that's a compliment in her book. She has a beaming grin saying, thank you. (laughs) And so Vonda tells Titus, who she taunts here by calling him his real first name, Ronald, that she is planning on suing him for 17 years worth of spousal support. uh, You know, she wants everything that he has. And so upon hearing this, we cut to Titus now frantically packing his belongings in another attempt to run away. uh, He even tells Kimmy that he heard Montreal has a vibrant theater scene.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. So dramatic. (laughs) Does the episode ever bring up how his ex-wife found him? Or did she just show up? Because I don't remember there ever being like a I stalked you on Facebook or something along those lines.
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I'm not sure if they ever really reveal that. Not in this episode anyway.
1: Right. Yeah, not in this episode.
0: Yeah. But she finally does catch up with him.
1: As most things do. (laughs) (laughs) So Kimmy's
0: trying to dissuade him from from running away again, but he's trying to explain to her that Mississippi was his bunker. And so we flash back to Titus and Vonda's wedding day, where at the reception, <laughs> Titus is, you know, he's getting ready for his mundane life ahead. He's, he's telling a very hard-of-hearing wedding guest that he starts <laughs> work Monday at, at Vonda's uncle's mulch business. It's not easy to say.
1: No, it's not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, as the newlyweds' first dance is now announced, he begins to have a panic attack and he starts to leave. And uh, one of the caterers asks if he's Ronald. You know, the guy they just mentioned is going to dance, but he denies it, calling himself Titus Andromedon, and he leaves through the side
1: exit. And thus, Andromedon was born. Yeah, I was going to say it's almost like a,
0: a superhero <laughs> origin story.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a good good description
0: because they don't they don't really tell it. We know it's an alias from the first season, but I don't think they ever mentioned where it came from. And evidently, he just made it up on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> so, so cutting back now, Kimmy suggests that she take Vonda out for some ice cream. Maybe she can talk to her, adding that you can't be mad with a cone in your paw.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> it's very true. Yeah, sure. I don't know of anyone who's ever been angry eating ice cream unless they dropped it.
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so Titus says okay, but just in case he's going to keep on packing.
1: <laughs> until his blood sugar drops yes. and then it does <laughs> <laughs> almost immediately <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> so we next cut back to Jacqueline on the plains and this time with her Native American family she's attending a ceremony for a young man leaving to go to college and I, I like here where Jacqueline warns him not to uh, become a lacrosse player <laughs> her mother's like oh, we invented lacrosse she's like I don't think that's right
1: oh my god
0: so as the ceremony continues jacqueline's father holds up this sacred pipe that has been in use for countless generations and when he unwraps it he finds out that jacqueline has replaced it with a tobacco vape (laughs) (laughs) and we learn that this is just one of many problems that uh, jacqueline has caused since her return and back at the family home uh, she stumbles around the house without her contacts. It's which is really weird to see Jane Krakowski here with brown eyes.
1: Yeah, her her eyes are normally blue. Yeah. For uh, the record, so in fact, she is wearing contacts in this scene. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. It's almost like uh, in Back to the Future Part Two, Michael J. Fox wears brown contacts when he plays his future son Marty Junior, and it's just it, it just looks a little off. It's strange.
1: Yeah, uh, unnatural.
0: (laughs) But here we learn that her her blue contacts are also used for vision. (laughs) She refuses to, uh, you know, to give in to that white culture, uh, which also includes drone wars and lip-sync battles.
1: (laughs) I would love to see a lip-sync battle. I've never witnessed one.
0: Oh, there's whole television shows about it. (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah, you gotta get some TV over there in college.
1: Yeah, I do. I'm missing all of uh, modern pop culture, apparently.
0: You missed a a whole cultural phenomenon. (laughs) So So Jacqueline's parents, they know that she means well, but they, they beg her, please stop trying to help. And she wants to be that daughter that she should have been the whole time, in her eyes. So, she asks for something that she can do. And so her father's like, well, you can go out in the fields and do this harvest super special important dance. Which, you know, you can tell, of course, he's making it up on the spot. <laughs> yeah. She hears this and she's like, oh, sounds important. <laughs> so, Jacqueline is so excited now. She has something that she can do. She tells her parents aloha. It walks into the wall and out the door. <laughs>
1: Oh my god.
0: <laughs> so, cutting back to New York, we see Kimmy is sitting on a park bench with Vonda. She's comically enjoying her ice cream cone in this scene. <laughs> and she is getting through to Vonda. Vonda admits that she really doesn't even want Titus's money. She's really there just for an apology.
1: Yeah, which is totally understandable.
0: Yeah. So she tells Kimmy, you know, they really did genuinely love each other, even though she knew he liked men, and he knew that she liked skinny white boys. And so <laughs> uh, we come to this flashback of Titus and Vonda making out on the couch during Saturday Night Live. <laughs> and when Tim Meadows is announced, while kissing, Titus is kind of looking over at the screen. And when David Spade is announced, Vonda looks over. And when musical guest Hootie and the Blowfish is announced... Both kind of turn their attention towards the TV as they're kissing. <laughs> so stupid.
1: Yeah, kind of a gross scene.
0: <laughs> so, uh, so Vonda and Titus they decided to stick together, and uh, Vonda explains that on the day that Titus actually abandoned her and ran away, all five of the aunts that raised him had heart attacks.
1: This was my favorite scene <laughs> of the whole this whole episode. Just the five women falling to the floor.
0: Yeah, all just keeling over simultaneously as Vonda's standing there by herself on the dance floor.
1: <laughs> and then RoboCops her way out of there.
0: <laughs> so, uh, cutting back to the park bench, Vonda tells Kimmy that Ronald would have never abandoned her, that, that that man that did that was Titus. That's the man he is today. And it's somebody that she doesn't even recognize. And she warns Kimmy that she is the new Vonda, someone that's just trying to clean up his mess. And once he's done with her he'll abandon her too. So she tells her, you know, watch your back and wash your arm. Which Kimmy picks up her arm and it's now just covered in melted ice cream.
1: (laughs) 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 Of course it is.
0: (laughs) So just then, they both get text messages at the same time and we next cut back to the lawyer's office where Titus is nervously waiting. So evidently, the the lawyer called this emergency meeting. So Kimmy arrives and asks Titus who else he has abandoned in his life and well, thinking back, he's like, oh, Sam Goody credit card, football scholarship. Uh, there's his stupid cousin Darius who got more handsomer than him. <laughs> and he's not going to pay this lawyer. <laughs> uh, just uh, terrible.
1: It, yeah, really bad.
0: <laughs> so the lawyer walks in and Vonda behind him and he, he says that he's bearing good news and bad news. And the bad news is Instagram canceled his account due to lack of interest. <laughs> but the good news is that in 2008, Ronald Wilkerson was declared legally dead.
1: Dun, 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 dun. No.
0: <laughs> so you know, Vonda's like, well, he'd been missing for ten years, and you know, considering his diet, she was being generous. <laughs> and after acknowledging that sick burn, the lawyer goes on to explain that she did collect his social security and money from an insurance policy that he took out on his legs. <laughs>
1: That part killed me. It was very (laughs) funny.
0: And so basically, you know, Vonda cannot sue somebody that's dead. In fact, throughout all of this, she may now owe Titus $500. Yeah. And, you know, Titus, being very gracious here, stands up taunts and celebrates as he leaves the room.
1: Yeah. Snapping not once, not twice, but like four times (laughs) as he exits. (laughs)
0: So Vonda just looks over at Kimmy and is like, yeah, good luck with that, Kimmy. So we cut to later that day as Kimmy and Lillian are strolling down a sidewalk on their way to their ladies' night out at the roller rink. And Kimmy's asking if Titus would ever do to them what he did to Vonda, and Lillian is like, yeah, yes, but who cares? You know, she's so focused on getting men for Kimmy at this point. So along the way, Kimmy stops at the dollar store for silverfish poison. And she's told by the uh, the guy that works there that somebody has already picked up the last one. And Kimmy turns to see Dong holding the last box. So Kimmy approaches, she tries to act calm, asks about his wife, Sonia. And of course this is the lady now that we saw fall through the window at the beginning of the episode. (laughs) And uh, Dong tells her that he and Sonia are having people over for brunch, but the silverfish ate all of their towels. And, you know, Kimmy hears this and remarks that his English is getting really well.
1: This is very funny. <laughs> Such a bizarre interaction <laughs> between them. I know it's to like highlight his English that she makes those grammatical errors, mm-hmm. but generally Kimmy doesn't make those kinds of mistakes. Oh sure she says things like what in the ham sandwich, but they <laughs> kind of are grammatically correct.
0: Sure, sure. They're colloquialisms. They're not so much mistakes. But, yeah. you know, she's been underground since 8th grade, so yeah. cut her some and slack. Yeah,
1: I'm sure seeing Dong makes her nervous. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, basically, he was helping her with math. She was helping him with English. And, yeah, he's been doing pretty well since they last parted. And uh, he explains that without Kimmy being there, he's had to watch a lot of Keeping Up with the Kardashians.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, And then... He imitates one of the Kardashians yeah, one in, of them. in their voice. Yeah,
0: Very whiny voice that he does. And he does this a couple of times throughout, throughout the show.
1: So funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Lillian walks up and she invites Dong to join them roller skating, but Kimmy refuses. She's, you know, you, you can't skate threesies. It's, you know, pretty well known.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. It's a golden rule.
0: <laughs> but Lillian tells them as luck would have it, she ran into her old flame, Bobby. And so now we cut to Fred Armisen uh, greeting them from across the store, playing a very senile Robert Durst.
1: Who has a suitcase, like the whole episode.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's got the the gray hair, he's towing this suitcase on wheels, and he's got those dark black contacts, very dark eyes. Yes. So, you know, Dong thinks about it and he agrees to go. He's telling them that, you know, Sonya's at her Bikram hot yogurt class And he needs to be out of the apartment for seven hours after he sets off the silverfish bomb. And so they all agree and they all leave. So we next cut back to Jacqueline doing her very important dance in the middle of a cornfield.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Is that from anything? Yes. That particular? Okay. Yes,
0: she was doing the electric slide. And uh, that's accompanied by the Electric Slide song uh, that she was actually singing with different lyrics. Uh, Basically, the lyrics that her father gave her were about praying to the corn god. (laughs) You know, it's electric, boogie woogie woogie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I don't know what this dance is supposed to accomplish, but she's just, you know, really going at it, going through the cornfield, doing this dance, singing about praying to the corn god. And uh, after doing this a while, the, the girl that we saw earlier on the bike, she rides up laughing as she asks Jacqueline why she's doing that wedding dance. It, uh, yeah, the, mostly any time I've ever seen the electric slide has been at a wedding reception.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> it, uh, Jacqueline now, everything's kind of clicking and she realizes what happened and she runs back home. <laughs> so we next cut to the roller rink where Kimmy and Dong skate together and they, they catch up a little bit. Uh, Dong is telling her that the fancy brunch he mentioned is really just to impress the immigration officer. He and Sonya basically have to be married for two years, and then he can be like a real American and get divorced.
1: Which is unfortunately true. <laughs> Isn't it like 50% of marriages now end in divorce? Yeah, the
0: statistic is very high now.
1: Ah, it's ridiculous.
0: So Kimmy's kind of uncomfortable. changes the subject back to the Kardashians, which Kimmy says she never really had seen the show before, but she happens to just know all of the stuff about, she said she knows Kim is a butt star and married a rapper who hates college. (laughs) (laughs) And she goes on and on about all this information that she knows about them. And she's like, how do I know this? And then she realizes, oh yeah, from the regular news.
1: (laughs) I'm still waiting for Kanye West to make good on his uh, MTV Music Awards promise that he was going to run for president in (laughs) 2020. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> so, Kimmy asks Lillian, you know, how is any of this good for me? You know, she wants this new boyfriend, but just not one that's married. You know, even if it is a sham marriage, she still respects that. And Lillian tells her about something they have in New York called moral relativism. Basically, yeah, who cares about right or wrong? And she now pushes Kimmy into Dong, who catches her in an embrace.
1: I believe he says... You have so many more bones than Sonia. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and to which Kimmy responds, I used to drink a lot of powdered milk. Yeah. So, fun fact. There are some scientists that believe that milk actually takes calcium from your bones, making them less strong in fact, hmm. because it raises the acidity in your body which like pulls different minerals from your bones to compensate. Oh, interesting. So yeah, fun fact.
0: And the fact that, you know, Kimmy drank a lot of powdered milk when she was younger, of course, that's kind of what you'd have in a bunker. Kind of a reference to her life underground. Yes. They now kind of just stare into each other's eyes for a little bit, but Kimmy quickly skates away, telling him, you know, have a nice life. (laughs) So now we cut back to Jacqueline, and she's confronting her parents for lying to her. Evidently, she was causing so much trouble, her parents just really didn't know what to do with her anymore. Her, her father asked, how did you cause two silo explosions?
1: <laughs> well, if I knew that, then there wouldn't be two of them. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, it, they know that she means well, but they tell her, you know what, you belong to another tribe now. You, you need to return to New York. And uh, just like that dream catcher that she attempts to fire nightmares from, her connection to New York is like a thread that's holding everything together in her life.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That was another. That was a close second scene. Yes. (laughs) She's got pew, pew, pew. Like,
0: what are you doing? (laughs) Firing nightmares.
1: That's not how it works.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So. Jacqueline leaves. Outside, we see that Durnsville, Indiana police car she stole, and now it's just completely covered in dirt and dust. Yes. She realizes she should leave. Out of habit, she gets into the back seat, and she shuts the door and gives orders to the driver, forgetting that there's not one even there.
1: And forgetting it's the police car. Right. Which locks <laughs> from the inside, so, so there's no getting out.
0: No, she's completely <laughs> trapped. She's uh, starting to panic. She's pounding on the glass and she's screaming in Sue, But all that she really knows is coffee and white idiot. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: so, of course, nobody hears her and it really can't see her because everything's covered in a layer of dust.
1: Yes, a really unfortunate <laughs> position. <laughs>
0: Now, we next cut back to Kimmy and Titus's apartment, where Titus opens the lids on three pizza boxes, and he starts singing about his pizza party for one. <laughs> <is a> very <laughs> odd scene.
1: Uh, how is he going to eat three whole pizzas by himself? Oh, man. That was what I was wondering the entire time. Yes.
0: <laughs> now, Kim- Kimmy's confronting him about being mean to Vonda, not even apologizing. You know, he basically won this battle, but he still had to gloat. And Titus tells her that there's three things he doesn't do. Did you catch this?
1: Yes. uh, He doesn't apologize, do drag, or calculus.
0: (laughs) And uh, just a little note about this scene. Uh, When Kimmy walks in, Titus calls her the nickname uh, Kim Blake Nelson. And that's a reference to the actor Tim Blake Nelson, who you might remember playing her stepfather in season one. The state trooper that ended up marrying her mother.
1: And who also got stuck in a tree. Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, Kimmy demands to talk to Ronald, saying that, you know, he was a good person and he's still inside of Titus somewhere. Now, at one point, Titus mentions that he has many past lives inside of him and tells Kimmy, Ronald, no want to talk, please. And says that that was Murasaki. And he'll explain her later.
1: And whenever her name is brought up from this point forward, he'll say, oh, I'll explain her later. And it's pretty meta, because it's almost like he's addressing the viewer instead of the characters in the show. Yeah,
0: (laughs) that's true. We're kind of learning this uh, at the same time as Kimmy. Basically, there's another small piece of that puzzle of the opening scene. You know, we're given these clues as we go along. And, And if you notice too, he also quickly breaks into a Scottish accent. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, that he's not even sure where that came from. A <laughs> lot
0: <laughs> well, of uh, multiple personalities uh, we're seeing here.
1: Yeah, I mean, it definitely goes with the show's theme of making light of something extremely serious. <laughs> I
0: guess. <laughs> so, almost after willing it out of him with like a gesture, like she's fighting him or something.
1: Yeah, it's an exorcism. Yeah, really. Ronald Wilkerson. Yes,
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Now, Titus finally breaks, and he's talking in a slightly higher-pitched voice, and he says that he didn't want to hurt Vonda Jean, and he was afraid to face her in case she didn't accept his apology. And then Titus regains control of himself. He's like, shut up, Ronald, you nerd! Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Kimmy's pretty pleased with this breakthrough. She encourages Titus to embrace his Ronald, because she is really his Vonda now, so... (laughs) <laughs> Titus, Titus assures her, uh, he probably won't pack up and leave. And then he sits down to enjoy his pizzas, which we find out... Did you catch what was on these things? Ham and clam. Ham and clam pizzas. Which he didn't pay for, by the way. He just found them.
1: <laughs> yeah. Three completely intact pizzas. Ugh. Ham and clam. I Me mean, That sounds disgusting.
0: Terrible. And don't, you know, don't eat any food you found anyway, but especially not seafood.
1: That's true. That
0: just sounds so disgusting.
1: I don't know. I'm trying to think of what the, the compliment like would taste like, mm. the ham and clam. I mean, if...
0: I can't think of any people... compliments.
1: <laughs> well, don't people wrap clams in bacon sometimes? The I guess that's scallops.
0: Scallops, yeah. Eh. Clams are what you you add, like lemon juice. You add anything that kind of takes away the fact that you're swallowing a, an animal's full gastrointestinal tract.
1: Uh, clams have always tasted like big boogers to me so i just (laughs) they look like them too yeah there's big snots from the sea the boogers of the sea
0: Mm. now i'm getting hungry (laughs) is this almost over (laughs) (laughs) so kimmy can't even believe this you know she's talking about you know just sitting down and eating his deep dish ham ham and clam and she calls everyone in new york moral relatives She asks if she's the only one in the city who doesn't just do whatevs, whenevs, and decides to do what she wants for once. And she decides from this point, okay, she's going to go and crash Dong's brunch. (laughs) It's
1: like the most inappropriate thing I've ever heard Kimmy say. She mentions a demon (laughs) in this whole spiel. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. Uh.
0: Yeah, her, her language gets very TVPG in this scene. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so we cut back to Jacqueline. She's still trapped in the car after some time. And the heat is just beginning to get very overwhelming. And and now she begins to have visions. So she, she sees her parents here and the, the girl that made fun of her.
1: A Giant head of corn. Yes,
0: we actually see the corn god. Who tells her, you belong to a different tribe now. Boogie oogie oogie.
1: And also the Redskins logo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's <was> great. <laughs> she
0: just asks, why am I still a thing? Yeah. <laughs> and so the vision of her father repeats, contact, contact, contact. And Jacqueline now gasps, you know, waking up out of this. And she now knows what to do. And so she kind of like lays back on the, the bench seat and kicks with both feet at the window and we immediately cut now to Kimmy at Dong and Sonia's brunch. And Sonia's a little kooky, we find out. She's really not yes. all together. <laughs> nice enough lady at first. Anastasia
1: anyway. was written about me. Yeah, she claims that
0: and not just Anastasia, the you know, the, the character, the cartoon.
1: Yes, the cartoon. Based
0: on her. <laughs> we also see at this brunch the immigration officer is present you know, eating some food, and uh, Kimmy is introduced to her as a good friend. Kimmy now asks to speak to Dong in private, so the two of them step into the bathroom, and she's trying to explain to him almost what Lillian was convincing her about, about the gray areas in life, and she really wants her (laughs) life to start. But before she can even really get her point across, Dong is just completely distracted by the dead silverfish stuck to her.
1: Yeah. There's like three of them. Yeah,
0: it's just like they keep appearing in her mouth and her hair.
1: <laughs> I've never actually seen a silverfish in person. Thankfully, they sound like terrible creatures. Oh, they're
0: on the Cape, Lily.
1: Are they really?
0: Yeah, I I, I already had one in the in the bathroom this year.
1: Oh my god, that's terrifying. They're creepy. <laughs> I've never seen them, but apparently they're they're pretty common in like urban areas. Mm-hmm. Fun fact about silverfish: <laughs> they cannot climb vertically. Uh, as fast as other creatures like spiders and stuff because of the way their appendages are. Mm-hmm. So silverfish on the walls are more likely, well, they're more likely not to be on the walls. Okay. They're more likely to be on the floor, one fact. Because hmm. I was so curious. I was like, what is a silverfish? I only know about this from Minecraft.
0: <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, they're in Minecraft. I forgot <laughs> about that. They are in
1: Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, just like in Minecraft, they are very fast. And they they kind of move like wiggle side to side as they run.
1: Oh, that's so gross! They're really
0: cool looking. There, I mean, they're they're uh, they're shiny. They're you know like silver. It's aptly named. They're kind of shaped like a fish almost, so you can see where they get their name from. But uh, very creepy, you know. If you if you got one every so often, like one will show up in the tub or something. And yeah, I already saw oh, one just, this year.
1: Just kill it. Just kill it with fire.
0: <laughs> or trap it in a cup and let it go outside.
1: <laughs> I mean. I guess I won't endorse the the genocide of silverfish, yeah. but...
0: Or keeping it... You know what I'll do is if I happen to see one again, I'll keep it in a jar for you as a pet.
1: Nope. <laughs> well, they live two to eight years. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. They live two to eight years, says Wikipedia. That's
0: crazy. I didn't realize that.
1: Isn't that gross? <laughs> Flies live a week. These things live... As long as, you know, a mouse or something, like a regular actual pet. Yeah, that's longer
0: than squirrels. They live about five years, I think.
1: And they eat sugar, so.
0: Oh, see, that's see, I I store candy in the tub. All right. Yeah, well, that's good. I'll have to change that. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's crazy. (sighs) All right, so has everyone creeped out sufficiently yet? We're talking about boogers of the sea. (laughs) Yeah. Bugs that will live in your house for eight years watching you. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah so
0: back to the scene kimmy is trying to get her point across but every time she does dong is like oh you got a silver fish in your hair or she spits one out of her mouth which is so nasty and so she's trying to get this one out of her hair and of course he tries to blow it gently out of her hair she pulls off her scrunchie she shakes out her hair and now the two of them kind of like look at each other for a second and they kiss but now this time dong pulls away and he says that, you know, this and what happened the night before, they were all mistakes. And really, he just doesn't want to be deported.
1: Yeah, it's nothing to do with his feelings for Kimmy. It's just that he wants to not leave America.
0: Yeah, he came all this way and he's not going to sacrifice everything. He can wait. And so he tells her that, you know, she should probably leave. And Kimmy kind of feels bad and is like, well, we'll see, maybe see you in two years. So back at the apartment, Kimmy returns to find Titus dramatically packing his things. And so Kimmy follows him outside, yelling the whole time about not running from your problems. And she eventually follows him to the train station, where we find that the train to Biloxi is running two hours late. (laughs) And now Titus spots Vonda and walks over with his suitcase and a boombox. So... Uh, there, there's a guy standing there that works for Amtrak. He's uh he has conductor written on his hat <laughs> and the conductor tells Kimmy, oh, you think we're a train company? He says, we purposely make the trains run late so people can find each other in romantical fashion. <laughs> it was like the camera moves across. We just see all these people reuniting and kissing like all around them. Sort of funny.
1: <laughs> if <laughs> I do use the train station in Worcester all the time when I was at school. Oh. It's hilarious to me to imagine a scene like that at the kind of sketchy train station in Worcester. Oh my god.
0: Uh, two hours late, you think you'd see a lot of angry people more than anything.
1: Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, the trains are so right on schedule.
0: So Titus now finally goes up to Vonda and apologizes for abandoning her. He offers to be her friend without benefits... Which she happily accepts.
1: And uh, they're holding hands in front of that sign where it says, I'd like that. Yes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, she says, I like that. And we cut to see behind Kimmy, there's a poster for Amtrak where their slogan is actually, I'd like that. (laughs) So quite a common uh, occurrence, I guess, on the train platform.
1: (laughs) So romantic.
0: (laughs) So now to pay her back. Uh, Titus does something nice for once. He unpacks that pink jacket that he wore to his wedding and, and a white hat for Vonda. And on the boombox, he plays the song Forever Your Girl. <laughs> and he makes an announcement to everyone there on the platform that that Ms. and Mr. Vonda Jean Brooks and Titus Ronald Wilkerson and Dramadon Yoshimura, again, adding, like you said, I'll explain that later, <laughs> yeah. they have their first dance that they never had years ago. And, of course, they still remember that choreography.
1: Yeah. I <laughs> I don't even remember what I ate for breakfast yesterday. <laughs> I don't know how they remember choreography like that after 17 years. Yeah,
0: well, evidently, they worked really hard at it. And, you know, uh, it meant a lot to them. And when Titus said something about how she dropped him quite a bit or something, oh she yeah? was, like, kind of upset by that. So, evidently, they put a lot of work into this dance routine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Only to have <laughs> 10 spectators on some platform in New York City.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I like this. So they're dancing. You know, everyone's kind of caught up in that loving spirit. So Kimmy runs over to this Asian man and yells, Dong. And he looks up from his phone and we see that it's not Dong. And he replies,
1: racist. And someone who looks eerily similar to Ellie Kemper <laughs> comes over to <laughs> yeah. reunite with Karen. Him. Yeah, Karen. Up, Karen! <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so, you know, Kimmy is happy uh, for this scene here of, of Titus and Vonda dancing. But, you know, you can still see she kind of goes back and forth from smiling to being sad as she's reminded of this love that she doesn't have in her life. And, you know, as we pan back from Titus and Vonda dancing, we fade into this scene of Lillian and Bobby Durst uh, sitting alone in the middle of the roller rink as he's serenading her with a ukulele song
1: <laughs> I loved this it was so good uh,
0: it's uh, it's very sweet but very creepy
1: very creepy
0: the uh, the song is about things like how they first met in the middle of the night as he was crouched by a rowboat in central park <laughs> his uh, his compulsive burping is also mentioned as well as how he's a loon under the manhattan moon
1: yes and his dark eyes. Yes,
0: yeah, oh yeah, his black eyes. <laughs> uh, so weird. And so from this creepy and touching moment, we fade to black and the closing credits.
1: Uh, beautiful start. Beautiful start to season two. Yeah,
0: excellent. Uh, kind of just picked up from where they left off, really.
1: Uh, I request more musical numbers uh, with Lillian <laughs> and her love interests. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Although I really hope Bobby Durst is not a recurring character. I don't think he is. <laughs> Fortunately enough.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> no.
0: So now, Lily, how much of uh, season two did you watch so far?
1: I think I've watched the first three episodes. So far, it's really good. It's, I had to stop myself because I knew I would just watch it all and then my day would be gone. Right. <laughs> but everything that's unexplained in the beginning cutscene will be explained. And that's all I'm going to okay. say. So they don't keep you don't, going. Definitely. Yeah.
0: Now, one complaint I heard from somebody that watched this episode was that, uh, you know, they didn't like how Jacqueline was kind of separated from everybody. And we had a cut from the New York story to the Great Plains story. But that that kind of resolves itself, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Like literally the first two seconds of the next episode. Okay. She comes back very soon. That's an odd complaint.
0: (laughs) I thought so, too. It didn't bother me in the least, but...
1: Yeah. I guess what shapes Jacqueline's character is how she reacts to the people around her. I mean, even though she's not with the typical characters like Kimmy and, you know, whatever person she's hired to do something Mm -hmm. mundane for her, she's still... Has hilarious scenes, and you you learn more about her in this episode. That's weird. Maybe they just don't like her character. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite part of this episode?
0: Hmm. Yeah. You know, I thought some of the funniest parts were in those Jacqueline scenes. You know, where she's talking about just just the little lines about you know we invented lacrosse. Like, really? I don't. I don't think that's right. It was just <laughs> <Yeah>. like she. <laughs> the super important dance is just the electric slide but just just to get her out of the house for a little while and you know she's she's doing this uh, dance for the corn god which we actually see you know it, I don't think we mentioned this it's actually a puppet like a <laughs> we see, like this this puppet of an ear of corn talking to her there's there's a lot of funny stuff there and one thing i should mention too is you know there's a lot of uh, it's not poking fun at native american culture but, you know, obviously this character is within that, and it's done tastefully, I would say. It's not, like, really making fun of uh, the Native American people, but more making fun of Jacqueline and how clueless she is.
1: Yeah, it's it's really making fun of ignorance of that culture. Yeah, exactly.
0: So, yeah, just the, there's so many funny things. That it's hard for me to even pick something out, because it's just...
1: Yeah, Kimmy's lines are great
0: when when she's talking about how she's dressed like she's from Scooby-Doo and just Ellie Kemper's performance where she's got that huge grin like, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) It's very, very funny.
1: Oh my God. Yeah. Great show. I can't wait to watch the rest of the season. I'm going to be sad because then I'll have no Kimmy Schmidt to watch. Yeah,
0: I know. You got to space them out now. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm glad Netflix released them all at once. So we can kind of choose. I know that they're, they've are they been experimenting with the idea of maybe releasing some episodes of shows weekly now. Trying to get almost into that broadcast TV format. But I really just like the idea of binge watching. Or like like you mentioned, you know, you could be sick and just kind of stay at home for a while and watch everything in one sitting. So, you know, I just I hope season three is like that as well.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's going to be great. I have absolutely no doubt in my mind. Because Tina Fey is pretty experienced now. Like, she knows how to put out good content. Oh, yeah.
0: She's one of the best. That's
1: consistent, so. <laughs> yep. All
0: right, well, that'll pretty much do it for this episode of Hitting Play. As always, you can email us with your comments, suggestions, any silverfish facts you have, whatever you got for us, at hittingplayshow at gmail.com, or you can talk to us on Twitter at Hitting Play. Now, Lily, do you have anything you want to plug?
1: Um, I'm going to plug my website, even though it's still under development. <laughs> <laughs> I believe the last time I was on, I was talking about But I do have an actual homepage now, so that's good. It's uh, com, where you can see the game design projects that I've been working on, and I've got something in the works, and it's going to be awesome. Hmm. Uh, So make sure to check that out. Very cool.
0: Do you want to spell that?
1: Uh, L-I-L-I-A-N-B-U-N-Y-E-A. Com. cool and
0: i'll put the link in the description of this podcast as well sweet i am on twitter my name there is at mc and friends you can follow me there i am also on vine and there i do flip page cartoons little humorous animations and my name there is uh, mc and friends and you can follow me there uh, if you listen to us on itunes please subscribe and leave us a five-star review it helps us out and if you do you will get a shout out on the show we try to be creative with those Uh, For Android users, we are also available to stream and or download on Stitcher. We can be found on TuneIn Radio, and we are now on the Google Play Music app. So check us out there as well. Well, we have been Lily and Scott, and this has been Hitting Play. Thank you so much for listening.
1: I think I'm in the mood for a ham and clam. (laughs)